Hey guys, welcome back to Keeping It OD Podcast and happy Monday. Long time no episode. I apologize about that. Optometry school has been crazy busy um, and we had just finished our second round of midterm exams. So I thought what better way to do this episode than now. Um, I've gone through two rounds of exams for each class. So I have a few tricks up my sleeve and I'll tell you the good, the bad, the ugly, like I always do. And I'll be also answering some of the questions that you guys had sent in on the previous poll. So thank you to whoever sent me questions. And um, if I don't get to your question in this episode, in the coming episodes for sure. So in today's episode, I'll just be talking mainly about expectations of your first semester. Now, it's going to be an adjustment for sure. Um, Whether you had just finished undergrad, you took a bunch of um, classes, you took a gap year, um, or you've been out of school for a long time. Um, I think the transition is Equally difficult um, for everyone, but especially to those who maybe have taken a gap year or so. Um, This is not my circumstance, so I can't speak on it. Um, But I'll go over my transition, um, the expectations academically, financially, and time-wise, because I did get a lot of questions about that. So the first question that I'm going to answer says, how many lectures slash labs do you take in your first semester? So we currently take six classes and three labs. So we take an elective course um, where we have guest speakers come in every week, and they just talk to us about the different modes of practice, different specialties and their experiences. So um, that's been really helpful, and it's also a nice break um, in the middle of the week. Um, just to kind of break up all the lecture courses. So we take an elective course, we take ocular anatomy, we take microbiology, and then we take gross anatomy with its lab, optometric theories and methods, um, OTM for short, with its lab, and we also take optics, one with its lab. So in total, six classes, three labs, five classes if you don't include the elective. so pretty hectic schedule. We're in class um, Monday through Friday. Friday for us this semester is mainly labs. Um, and if you have an exam, sometimes they um, hold it on Friday mornings. So you just go for labs, no lectures on Friday this semester. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to be the case every year or every semester. Um, but this semester, we have Fridays only for labs and exams, which has been nice. Um, but yeah eight through five um, every day of the week. Um, And the next thing that I want to talk about, um, again, you would be better off contacting your financial aid advisor at your school or the school you're interested in. But I'll go over um, kind of my financial situation with school. So the questions that I got were how uh, financial aid works and how to survive while not working. And also, um, how do you budget? your time for school. So I'll kind of go over um, what we were expected to pay for our first semester. Um, So the first big bulk was tuition, obviously. So here at NOVA, they do tuition by semester as opposed to the entire year all at once. So for the first semester, um, and that's not factoring in any um, merit scholarships or anything that I got. Um, So had I not gotten anything, it would have been $12,000. 
Um, and if you wanted to get the student health insurance, it was about $850. Um, but I did get um, a merit scholarship, so it decreased that by a little bit, but I still have to pay some um, out of my loan money. And the next lump sum of money was our equipment. So I got a lot of questions about what kind of equipment we were um, supposed to get for our first semester. So we got a trial lens kit. So in that obviously comes your trial lenses. Um, you get various kinds of color revision testing, occluders, pinholes. We got a lens clock. I'm trying to think of everything that we've used. Some of the stuff that was in the kit we haven't used yet, so I'm not entirely sure what's in it, but it's a huge rolling case um, full of stuff. Um, but I think the main thing was um, your trial lenses for your schematic eyes or if you want to tape lenses for retinoscopy. Um, and then the other thing that we got was a rigid contact lens fitting kit. Now we haven't used this this semester and I don't think we will um, until next year. So again, not gonna put it into use right now, but it was included in our first year kit. And the last thing that we got was a Keeler diagnostic kit and that had two handles a portable charger and then a desk charger and we got an ophthalmoscope head, a retinoscope, and a transilluminator. Um, we have used the transilluminator for EOMs and we're obviously using the retinoscope for retinoscopy in lab. Um, so this is um, the equipment kit that we got for our first year and it costs around $3,500 um, give or take. I'm not entirely positive on the amount but it was a lot of money. Um, so right around there, again, it's going to depend on the type of package that your school offers or if you have different brands for a diagnostic kit. I know the Keeler is kind of the, in the mid-range. Heine is a little bit more expensive, and then the Welsh Allen is a little cheaper. So if your school gives you options, you might be able to save a little bit of money. But again, all this stuff is pretty expensive but you'll get to use it forever if your um, practice um, the line doesn't have it. You can go in with your own equipment or if you just prefer to bring your own, um, you'll already have it. So we don't rent the equipment, we keep it forever unless you wanna sell it after school. But so that's it for equipment this semester. And I think for this year, I'm not uh, entirely positive, but I don't think we purchase any more equipment next semester or in the summer. Um, which is good. And the next bulk of money that we were required to spend was on our iPads and Apple Pencils. Um, now, I'm not sure if this is going to be the same for every school, but here at NOVA, um, the iPad was required because we do take our exams on a software that's only supported um, on iPads, which is um, ExamSoft. But it's also been very helpful in taking notes, uh, annotating the slides and things like that um, and also it just kind of helps to not bring like 10 different notebooks and so many papers and folders and whatnot um, everything is stored in the cloud so you can't lose it and it's all in one place your bag is always super light you don't have to carry around a bunch of textbooks and papers and whatnot so I've loved it I've used my iPad um, all throughout undergrad so I didn't have to purchase a new one per se, but if I did, 
it would have been around 1400 or depending on which one you got. I think they did require or recommend the iPad Pro, which is a little bit more expensive than the second gen. Um, but I've seen people use both and they've been able to take their exams and everything. So if your school requires it, maybe look at, you know, an open box option, a used one. Um, but honestly, even if your school doesn't require it, I find it really, really helpful. And I would recommend it if you have the funds to do so. Like, I think it's been really helpful to me. But we'll talk more about that later. Um, and the next thing that we had to spend money on was for Gross Anatomy Lab. Um, we do have to be in PPE, and our school does not provide PPE for us. So we did have to buy isolation gowns, gloves, um, shoe covers, masks, and a uh, pair of goggles. So I think all in all, I spent about 60 to $70, I'm not entirely sure. Got everything on Amazon. Um, but again, if your school doesn't require it or if you don't have anatomy lab, you may not have to spend that much money. Um, but if you're coming to Nova, this is kind of the expectation um, financial-wise. And the last thing that I'm going to talk about is scrubs. Um, now, I know some schools for their first years, they require you to wear business casual. Um, but again, if you don't have a lot of business casual clothes, you'll still have to go out and buy that and budget for it. So, um, but thankfully we have to wear scrubs, which is honestly super nice. You don't have to think about what you're going to wear every day. You just wake up, put a pair on and you're at the door in five minutes. Um, so we have to wear surgical green, which is kind of a hard to find color. Um, and if you were to go and buy a pair of figs, um, which is the brand that I wear, it's about $86 per set, and they recommend that you don't wear the scent more than once unless you launder it between each use. So let's assume you're going to get five sets for the five days a week. That's $430 plus tax. Um, so needless to say, a lot of money um, was spent on scrubs, but we get to use them for the entirety of our program. So again, it's kind of one of those things where you have to put the upfront cost and then it's just kind of, you know, pays for itself down the line. Um, so that's all I have for like our financial expectations per se. That's what we were expected to spend um, in our first semester. Now, as far as financial aid, um, I know the FAFSA applications, they open um, the beginning of October. So if you haven't filled that out yet, I highly recommend you do so. And even if you're not entirely sure where you're going, if you've applied, I would include all these schools on your FAFSA application. So in case you, um, you know, are in between schools and don't want to miss out on FAFSA, just include all the schools so they all get your information and whichever one you decide on at the end um, is the school that they're going to process the funds to. Um, it doesn't hurt to add multiple schools. Um, it's just going to speed up the process. You know, if you're in between schools and whatnot, um, they need to have your information in order for them to make a decision on your scholarships and whatever. Um, so yes, that's a question I got. Can you include more than one school or can you do your FAFSA if you haven't decided on a school yet? And the answer is yes. You can do your FAFSA, add all the schools you are considering or that you apply to. Um, they're all going to get your information. 
and the one you end up committing to is the one that's going to pull your funds and, you know, give you your money and whatnot. So definitely get on that if you haven't yet. Um, I don't really have any tips on applying for FAFSA because I've done it um, about a year ago, so I don't quite remember the whole process. But again, like I said, reach out to your financial aid um, counselor of your program, um, and they'll be more than happy to help you. They probably have um, better resources and better answers than I would. Um, so that's my little tidbit for that. And the next question was, how do you survive while not working? And that was honestly something that I didn't understand coming into optometry school because I've worked all throughout high school and undergrad. Um, I kind of got myself through school that way. And when I got to optometry school, I kind of expected to do the same. But, and a lot of people told me, you know, optometry school is a full-time job and I didn't believe them. Um, I was like, no, like I can do this, you know, how hard can it be? And they're right. Um, it is hard. And I'm not saying that to discourage you in any way, but think of it this way. You know, you want to give yourself um, the best opportunity to reach your maximum potential. Um, like I mentioned, you're in school five days a week, eight to five. On most days, you are going to stay after five for tutoring sessions, review sessions, after hours in lab, studying with your friends. Some days I'm on campus from 10 in the morning until 10 in, at night. Um, so you're going to have really, really long days. And the time that you have off of school, um, you want to spend that, you know, with your loved ones, or with your family. And you also want to get some rest. Do you want to eat? You want to make sure that you're well rested, you're fed, so that you can, you know, keep on. So to keep it short, it is not worth it to keep a job or to get a job because, you know, let's say you're going to even make more than minimum wage. It's not going to be worth the time you're sacrificing. Um, you're going to stress yourself out, spread yourself out too thin. Um, you already have very limited time outside of school in and of itself. And in order for you to be able to, you know, be at your best, perform um, to your fullest potential during the week, you need to recharge over the weekends. Um, and again, I'm speaking from experience. I came in fully wanting or with full intent to work every weekend. I was going to pick up either a bartending gig or um, continue being a tech over the weekend, but it's really not worth it. The pennies that you're going to make compared to the time wasted and you're going to be exhausted. Um, and like I said, we had just finished um, two rounds of midterms. In the month of October only, we've had seven exams, not quizzes. We've had quizzes sprinkled in between two, but we've had seven exams and each exam is at least 15 lectures. So just think about all the time that you're going to spend reviewing, going to review sessions, studying. It's really not worth it. Um, and when you get your FAFSA money, they do factor in um, money for your rent, groceries, living expenses. So they don't just give you money for tuition. They will give you money to pay rent, to have, you know, fun, buy groceries, do whatever. 
um, they factor all of that into your loans. Now, you don't have to spend all of it. And that's another thing that I want to touch on. So when you get your um, financial aid reimbursement after they've um, already taken out your loan money, I mean, sorry, your tuition for your school, they're going to refund you the rest um, for you to pay your bills, pay rent, you know, get some groceries, all that. At the end of the semester, if you have any left over, don't spend it on something you don't need. Don't spend it on a designer bag. Don't don't waste that money. Take whatever's left over and use that to pay off your loan. Um, this is going to help you in the long run so that when, you know, you start accruing interest, you've already paid a little bit. Now, if you don't end up with any money at the end, that's totally fine. I'm just saying if you do, this is my little advice for you. Um, put it towards a loan payment so you don't accru um, accrue more interest or loans than you need to. Um, but yeah, don't worry about getting a job. I know, especially for us that have always had a job, even throughout undergrad, again, optometry school is a whole other beast. And I'm not saying that to discourage you or scare you. It's really fun. Um, and you want to just take it all in. You want to learn and really enjoy what you're doing and not have to worry about a job or being on time for somewhere. Like, it's just not worth it in my opinion. Again, your miles may vary. Maybe um, you'll be able to fit it in your schedule, um, but from my experience and people that I've talked to, it's just not worth it. The cons just outweigh the pros. Um, you'll be out in the real world world working um, in the you know, short four years, so just enjoy it while you can. You know, Savor those moments. Learn as much as you can. Don't stress yourself out financially. Um, you'll graduate. You'll make more than enough to pay for your loans. So don't even worry about it. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much all I have for financial advice. Again, um, your financial aid advisor would be definitely more helpful than I am. But I'm just telling you what kind of I've um, had to go through in my first semester. So now the fun part, we're talking about academic expectations, time management, how to study, how to do it all. So again, I'm not saying I'm a master at it. Um, I'm by no means, you know, the top of my class or anything. I'm above average um, and I like to balance my life. I'm not, you know, super focused on like, oh, I need to get 100 on everything. That's not the type of person that I am. Um, if that's the type of person you are, go you, um, more power to you. And I know like, you know, these people are great, but to me, I, you know, as long as I'm actually learning, I don't really like to put a number or a label to it. Um, as long as you're above average, you're doing great. You're doing your best. That's really important. That's all that matters, you know, like, and I can confidently say that over the past three months, I have learned more than I ever have in my entire life. Um, it is honestly so true. Optometry school is a moving train and it moves fast. You are going to learn new things every day. You're not even going to realize it. Now I'm looking back, um, you know, to when we first started. I didn't know 80% of the stuff that we learned. And I just, I don't understand how I was going about my day-to-day -day life without knowing that. Um, so. 
you definitely need to take the time to take it all in and learn it. But it's just, it's so cool. Um, and especially if you picked um, this career um, after working and shadowing, like you are going to be so mind blown, so excited to learn every, every little thing because it's truly non-ending. You can learn and still feel like you don't know enough um, because there's so much to learn. But they're going to um, walk you through every um, single topic that you need to know, every single skill. Um, so let's just talk about the workload. So um, this semester we are taking 17 credit hours. Now in undergrad, I think it was um, for every credit hour, you need to spend three hours outside of class um, to you know, do well in the course or something. It was like the recommended. So in that case, you know, if I'm taking 17 credit hours, I need to be spending 51 hours outside of class every week. Now, let's just do the math. We're in school pretty much, I want to say, 40 hours a week. That's the minimum. That's 91 hours of work you should be spending at school. Um, now, let's, you know, read back. So, in one week, 24 hours, seven days, we have 168 hours. Let's just say you are going to sleep eight hours a night. That only gives you 120 hours. So, believe me when I tell you, your time outside of school is limited. Um, but, that being said, so yes, it is a heavier workload for sure, because None of the classes are the filler classes. So in undergrad, if you were smart about it, you would take, you know, your organic chemistries with an easy elective or a liberal arts class, something like that to balance it out. In optometry school, everyone takes the same classes. You don't get to choose what you want to take, when you want to take it. Everyone is enrolled in the same classes at the same time. Um, you take the same exams, etc. Um, so you don't really have that luxury. Now, here's the kicker. How you manage your time is different for each class. Let me say that again. How you manage your time is different for each class. And here's how. So, for example, OTM class. This is kind of like the bread and butter of optometry. You're learning the lingo. You're learning how to read prescriptions, how to write a prescription, the refractive errors, visual acuities, what they mean, skills, a slit lamp, all of that fun stuff. And there's also a lab component that goes along with it. So for this class, you don't really need to spend a lot of time memorizing stuff. It's really not a memorization heavy course, um, but you need to understand it, which depending on what type of learner you are, what type of person you are, could be more time consuming. And here comes my next piece of advice. So if you um, had just committed to a school or have gotten accepted, I wanna just first of all congratulate you. I'm so, so proud of you. This is huge, but you don't start until next fall. So if you're not already looking for jobs or you're not a tech or shadowing, I highly recommend it. And here's why. So um, as a bunch of you know, or if you don't, um, I was a tech for three years, um, two different offices, and both offices did things a little bit differently. 
And I honestly, aside from, you know, being a great job, it taught me so much um, in preparation for optometry school. So for example, for OTM, the first few um, lectures, it was review for me, right? He was talking, you know, what is it like to be myopic? What does that mean? Um, hyperopic, etc. Just basically the bread and butter, the basics of optometry. S learning how to speak the language, you know, how to read a prescription, what's a cell, what's a sphere, things like that. So if you already go in having that background, you're going to spend less time on that class and you'll have more time to spend on other classes that could be more challenging for you. Um, so if you um, are listening to this now, you still have a few months until you start. So I highly recommend that you get a job or even shadow, but don't just get a teching job and just do, you know, what you're supposed to do. Let them know that you're going to optometry school and you want to learn. You want to go above and beyond. You want them to tell you about the interesting red eye case that came in. You want them to let you know if, you know, they saw an end-stage glaucoma. Let them explain to you the OCTs, how to do a visual field, um, how to take pressures, things like that. Um, the more you know, the easier it is um, because you're going to have to spend less time on this course. Um, that's just the nature of it. So, again, for, let's say, for microbiology and both the anatomies, you have to just memorize it. For those classes, it's not like, oh, I'm going to, like, reason my way through it. It's so you know it or you don't. So you need to spend more time, you know, making flashcards, memorizing stuff. And to me, that takes more time than understanding because understanding you can understand in class and then you just go home and you review. So for ocular anatomy, gross anatomy, and micro, I would just do quizlets by myself, cahoots with my friends. I would write them down on a piece of paper I know I just um, hyped up the iPad, which is great. I love my iPad, but I also sometimes find it really helpful to um, jot down notes on a piece of paper. Um, it just really helps, you know, your motor memory. Um, and if that's how you learn, great way to do it. Um, and you can just visualize it when you're taking the exam. You visualize the table you made, all the colors. Um, so that's how I studied for those three classes. And then as far as OTM and optics go, those are, again, really the bread and butter of optometry. So you really need to have an understanding of the material and the concepts. And if you don't, again, reach out to your professors. They have a, mostly every school that I've interviewed at, and especially at NOVA, they have an open door policy. If you walk in um, and their door is open and they're there, you can walk in and talk to them. You don't need to schedule an appointment, nothing like that. Um, again, with COVID, you might have to obviously wear a mask, but reach out to your professors, your friends, mentors, if you're having any trouble. Um, so that's just kind of how I manage it. And again, not every class is created equal. So some classes um, you're going to have to spend more time on, some you're going to have to spend less. And make sure that you're being honest with yourself. Have a checkpoint, assess your weaknesses and strengths. I know I personally um, love to visualize things, so I love to make tables, charts, and for, you know, memorization aids, I love Quizlets. I know a lot of people are not huge fans of it and they prefer Anki, whatever works for you, honestly, um, but be honest with yourself. I think that's the biggest thing. 
assess your areas of strength. Like I love OTM because, you know, it relates to a lot of the things that I've learned when I've worked as a tech. So I'm just building on what I already know, building on that foundation, refining my skills, things like that. Um, so I think the biggest mistake that a lot of people make is studying the same way for every class. Um, it doesn't work that way. Not every class is created equal. Um, and also assess yourself. Make sure you understand how you learn, how you best learn um, and retain information. And you should be golden. So um, the next question I got is school social life balance. How do you do it? Now, I personally wouldn't say that I've mastered this. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I don't think that I have, but here is um, my little tidbit. So honestly, what I would do is make a schedule, a weekly schedule of the assignments due. Um, if I have a review session, if I have to go to lab after hours, if I have an exam, just make sure to plan for everything, right? So you're planning for your um, optometry school stuff. And you also want to um, squeeze in, you know, let's say like girls night, going to get your nails done, um, going on a date, things like that. Um, I personally like to schedule date nights like in the middle of the week. So it gives me something to look forward to. And I know that if I'm going on a date, let's say Monday um, at night, I have to finish everything on my to-do list for that day in order to be able to go um, guilt-free. So that's kind of how I've been balancing that and, you know, keeping track of everything with, you know, my friends, my boyfriend, my family, and also the school. But again, don't be afraid to go out. I know when I came in to optometry school, I was fully expecting to just be studying 24-7. And truth of the matter is, you will burn out. And you don't want that. Um, so my advice for balancing is honestly scheduling everything. Schedule your lunch time. Schedule your appointments. When you're going to go grocery shopping. When you're going to go get your nails done. Date night. Even honestly talking to your parents. Like, if it helps you make sure to put it on a calendar so it's, again, more visual to you. Um, I'm not sure how many of you guys are visual learners or you, things just make more sense to you visually, um, but I feel like a majority of you might be, and this is great. I love to look at my calendar at the beginning of every week um, and just visualize, okay, red means these are my appointments, these are my exams, yellow is date night, personal stuff. Um, and it gives you, again, something to look forward to. Um, you don't want to just schedule all of your exams, your review sessions, and not have anything fun during the week. And definitely give yourself one day off um, or even half of a day. If it's a busy week, I know yesterday I gave myself the evening off. I studied all morning. I went to lab and I was like, okay, for the afternoon, I'm just going to, you know, do some things around the house, spend time with my family, and that's it. Um, so definitely scheduling really, really helps. So um, the next question here that I got is, biggest difference from undergrad as far as studying goes? Um, this one was honestly kind of a like an awakening for me in a sense. So um, I don't know about you guys, but in undergrad, some of the courses – 
you would study it just to take the exam and then you immediately dump it out of your brain after. Um, I'm sure all of us have taken organic chemistry at some point or you're taking it now. Um, this class is hard and I took this class two years ago and I can't say that I remember one thing um, or I retained anything for that matter. Um, and that goes to show that you just memorized everything for the exam. And that's the biggest difference between undergrad and optometry school, in my opinion. In optometry school, things build on themselves. Um, even classes overlap. So, for example, OTM, they teach you how to do the clinical skill. Optics tells you the optics behind it, the physics behind it. Ocular anatomy ties in the structures. Microbiology ties in the different ocular infections that you could get in the different structures that you learn in these courses. So you're, you can't, you know, take the exam and forget it because this not only builds on next semester's classes, but you're going to be responsible for all this for your board exam. So the biggest difference I would say is that you're studying to learn and you're studying to keep it in your long-term memory banks. You want to know this stuff four, five, ten years down the road because you don't want to be that optometrist when a red eye comes to you and you have to be like, oh, I don't know what that means. Again, you're going to obviously sometimes have to refer to your um, Will's eye manual or ask a friend or a colleague. Um, but some of the stuff, it just sticks with you. And I think that is the biggest difference is that you're finally at this stage where you're learning things that are going to be relevant to your career. No more filler classes or prerequisites, none of that BS. You're learning things that you're going to be using for the rest of your life. So you're learning accordingly. You're learning to keep this in your brain forever, um, which I've just been really enjoying um, because you're learning for your future patient and um, there's just nothing more rewarding than that. Um, and if that doesn't keep you going, I don't know what else will. Um, so the next question is how much time you spend each week studying. Um, so for, again, this depends on the class and also the week. So last week we had two big exams and a quiz in three different classes. So it was kind of a hell week. It was pretty busy. Um, and we also had, you know, lectures, new material to keep up with on top of it. Um, so I would say on average, I would spend about maybe three hours on OTM, three hours on optics, just because those classes um, come a little bit easier for me. And on gross anatomy and ocular anatomy, I would say I spend on average about four a week. Um, in microbiology, I would probably say maybe three or four, um, depending. We just finished bacteriology and immunology. Um, and those went really well, the exams. I'm assuming when we start virology um, next week, I'll be spending more time on that because um, that is a denser study topic and I haven't taken virology in undergrad. So I think, again, going back to my main point, how much time you spend and how you study 
depends on the class and the type of learner you are. So if you need any help with that, again, feel free to reach out to me um, and I will try to share with you guys my notes, templates, and how to study, how to manage your time, um, all that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, the next question um, that I got was, how do you stay on task and not get distracted if you have to study for hours on end? Wow. Okay. This is something that I had to adapt to in optometry school. So the last year of my undergrad, I was completely virtual. So it was really, really hard to not be distracted when you're attending class from bed, staying in your room 24-7. Like, it is really easy to get distracted. Super hard to stay on task. Um, so during that time is when I found the Pomodoro method. And there are a bunch of apps that you could download to your um, computer or iPad or phone that will track your studying intervals. So what you would do is you would pick a task. So let's say you want to finish a study guide for ocular anatomy. You would pick a task and you would have 25 minutes of active studying. And then the alarm would go off. You would get five minutes break. You can't look at the material. You'll just, you know, scroll through Instagram, go make yourself a cup of coffee, get a snack, something, and then you're going to do another 25 interval. And after you've completed four 25 intervals and um, five or four five minute breaks, then you get a longer break. So that way you're breaking it up and you're not just staring at a computer screen or a slideshow for two hours on end. Um, that would be impossible. I do not do that, and I do not recommend you do that either. Definitely take breaks, and you will see that you're more productive that way, and you'll spend less time staring at the screen and more time, you know, more productive time studying, um, I should say. So um, definitely check out any of those apps. I don't have a specific one that I, like, personally like. Um, in fact, I don't remember the one I have like what it's called, but if you just put Pomodoro Technique or um, Time Management app, I'm sure you'll find plenty, or you can just set a timer on your phone, um, and that should work too. Um, the next question I got is stress management, time management, fitting in, and the adjustment. Okay, so we talked about time management. Um, you want to schedule everything. Make sure you're not overworking to the point where you're burnt out and schedule fun things um, and the adjustment and fitting in along with managing stress. So for most of us, um, we had to relocate for optometry school. Um, that's just the nature of the beast. There's only so many schools and people, you know, all throughout the United States want to go to optometry school. Now, is it, you know, the hardest thing ever? No, because you're following your dreams. Um, so just keep in mind that it's going to be worth it at the end. So the adjustment for me, um, so I didn't have to move out of state, thankfully. Um, I considered it. I did apply to obviously um, seven out-of-state schools, was accepted into all of them. Um, but to me, obviously, the um, major deciding factor was location and the in-state tuition. Couldn't beat that. But it was also still an adjustment because now um, I moved five hours away from my undergrad college town 
also moved five hours away from my extended family, um, which is the furthest I've been away from my family. Um, so that obviously is an adjustment and I came here knowing absolutely nobody. Um, so I guess one way to look at it is everyone who's starting the program with you is in the same boat. Um, everyone is just trying to fit in and adjust just as much as you are. Um, so get out of the habit of feeling that you're just in this alone because the beauty of optometry school is, um, in the smaller cohorts is that everyone is on the same page. Like we're all in this together. We all moved here. We're all starting brand new in this city, um, taking all the same classes, trying to make friends within the same circles. Um, so don't be afraid to put yourself out there because chances are the person next to you is feeling the same exact way. Um, they're feeling overwhelmed. They're trying to adjust to the new place, the new program. Um, so put yourself out there. And I know this is like e easier said than done, but just remember that everyone is going through the same thing that you are. And as long as you guys are doing it together, you're going to feel less left out and you'll be able to fit in. Um, and again, I'm not saying um, act like everyone else or try to be like someone that you're not. It's okay to stand out. It's okay to be your own being because that's going to, you know, contribute something to the table. So, you know, for example, we're going to go back to the academic realm of things because we seem to be on that topic. But let's say you're really good on your OTM skills, like you have a good understanding of that. Another friend is really good with the anatomies and how to memorize things. You guys can come together and help each other out. Um, that's another thing that I learned in optometry school is to study with friends. Again, not all the time. There's obviously times where you have to do some individual work. Um, no arguing about that. But you also must study with other people because each person can chime in and get their own perspective and that's how you guys learn. If you teach someone, that means you're on the right track. Um, and managing stress. So again, this goes back to managing your time, right? So if you manage your time, you schedule everything, get your tasks done, everything that you were planning on doing, you check it off of your list, then you can focus on, you know, your personal life, um, taking care of yourself, and don't fall in the trap of, oh, I'm just going to be a slave for school. I'll study all the time. Um, you know, who cares about sleep? Who cares about eating? Uh, I'm not going to do my skincare or whatever makes you happy. You know, like if exercising, going to Pilates or whatever makes you happy, do it. Don't give that up for school. Because if you don't take care of yourself and your body, you will burn out and you'll just be miserable. And again, you won't be at your fullest potential. Um, so I think managing stress and time kind of go hand in hand. Because if you know you're going to do this at that time and you get it done, then you schedule in your time to hang out with your girlfriends, go get dinner, go get brunch. Um, go get your nails done, go to the beach. Again, not going to happen all the time, um, but just be, you know, have 
grace um, for yourself and just be kind to yourself. Um, um, and again, that's easier said than done. There obviously have been times where I've overworked myself. I, you know, been on campus for 12 hours straight and I was miserable the next day. But in a perfect world, um, if you manage your time properly, um, stress will be kept at a minimum. Now, for testing and test anxiety, um, there's nothing wrong with that. Being nervous, that means that you care. That doesn't mean that you're not good enough or that you don't know your material. Being nervous is normal. If you're going on a first date, you're going to be nervous um, because you care. You know, you want to make sure that you're doing your best and you will. Um, but if you're not getting enough rest um, and you're not well fed, you will not do good. That's just the truth of the matter. No matter how much you study, you don't rest. That's equally as important as all the hours you spent studying. Um, so take it from someone who um, did that and did not work for them. Please don't do it. Um, you can try. I'm just telling you, it's, it's not. It's not worth it. It's not going to work. Um, so I uh, have two more questions here. The next question is, how did you study, learn efficiently in optometry school compared to undergrad? So I think I answered that one earlier. So learning efficiently. This again goes back to assessing the type of um, learner you are and what your professor wants you to know. So some professors are very clear about that. Um, and how, you know, they're going to test you, what they expect you to know. Um, so in this question brought up a really good point. You need to study efficiently, right? You can't get hang up on all the little details and small things because there's, like I said, so much information. You're drinking out of a fire hose. So if you don't narrow down what you need to know, you're going to be studying probably for all hours of the day. Um, not feasible. Again, not really feasible for anyone. Um, so studying efficiently goes back to, you know, utilizing all of your resources, assessing the type of learner you are, and again, being smart about it. If your professor gives you a study guide, fill out the study guide and study it. Do not go back to a thousand slides and try to take your own notes. If they gave you a study guide, Memorize that. And most of the professors we have here, at least at Nova, they're all ODs. So you best bet whatever they're emphasizing on is important for boards. So they're not going to omit things that are important. Um, now, they obviously include things that, you know, are just fun facts or things that you should know. Um, if you have, you know, some extra time, you should definitely spend time on them. But if your professor gives you resources, definitely utilize that. And if you have additional time, maybe go over um, a little bit. But again, assess the type of learner you are. Know the expectation, the objectives for the course, and seek help when you need to. So um, the last question here, it says, do you need specific prereqs to get in, or is there some wiggle room? Um, so for prereqs, it depends um, on the program. Now here at Nova, I know we had to take um, 
a semester of biochem, a semester of microbio, a semester of organic chemistry with lab, um, two sequence of biology, two sequence of chemistry, two sequence of physics. We also did have to take um, social studies, English, and math. Um, so I know some schools require additional courses, like Berkeley requires immunology. Some schools require, oh, and we also have to take anatomy and physiology. Almost forgot. Um, so I'm not sure about wiggle room. Um, I know that for some of the courses, um, if it's not offered exactly how it's listed at your school, um, you can contact them and they'll let you know what's an appropriate equivalent. Um, now, as far as, you know, not taking specific prereqs, I don't think that is an option at any school, even with COVID um, rules and whatnot. I know COVID had put a halt on OAT exams and scores, but I believe prereqs have not changed. But again, for financial aid questions and prereqs questions, either go back and listen to um, episodes that I've done with admissions from your school or reach out to them via email, call them, um, and they should answer all of your questions. So that is all I have for you guys this week. Again, thank you so much for everyone that sent me questions. Keep them coming. If you have any of their questions or concerns, topics that you'd like me to talk about, um, make sure to send them to me um, on Instagram at keepin.it.od. And I'll see you guys right back here next week with a brand new episode. And as always, we'll be keeping it OD. Thank you guys.